but if not me, then who? And if I want to shape this, I want to give it my all and I want a chance to lead, why not say yes and do the best I can? You know, so long as I'm willing to put the effort into it and I have enough of what it takes in my mind, you know, to, to give it a good go because you don't know, you know, who else might step in. And that's a risk for any of us in any position anywhere. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, I just want to take a minute and pause and welcome you into the Kelly family and just let you know that this show exists for you. So if you are a leader in an organization, maybe you are thinking about starting a company, maybe you are right in the middle of of some really hard decisions to make and we could turn an episode um, into a topic that helps you um, or you just want to maybe get in touch with some of our faculty and see or explore some of the topics they're working on. Or if you just know of an individual you would love to hear from, maybe you have someone, a boss, a leader, a mentor, someone that has been really influential in your life and you want to get them um, in front of others, uh, we would love to get them on the show as well. Any of those apply to you, we would love to hear from you. So send us an email to ROIPod, that's ROIPOD at IUPUI.edu. Again, ROIPOD. P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-U. Well, here we are in 2022 um, as we kind of look and explore and see all the myriad of options available within the job market. We see a lot of times there are so many opportunities, especially now, um, where jobs seem to be opening um, like crazy. You know, there's, there's new positions, new roles, and we even see a lot of people taking some steps already to advance their career maybe t- uh, take a leap of faith and see if, if they can fit into a more of a more of a role or a better leadership position. And, you know, people are growing and advancing. And it's a really cool time um, to be a part of, you know, but what happens to, to a lot of us is, you know, we sit there, we look at the job, maybe we read the job description, we see, you know, they're looking for uh, someone who's super outgoing. They want someone who can um, engage in conversations. They want leaders that can, you know, rise up and, and be the center of attention. Um, and yet we look at ourselves, we take a step back and say, man, that is not me at all. I'm a complete introvert. Like that, that doesn't apply. I want that position. I could see myself thriving there. I want to elevate in that spot, but they aren't asking for my qualities or I don't feel like I have a lot of those qualities. What do we do? You know, what we're going to dive into today is exploring how to advance in your career, especially as an introvert, moving as a leader, taking those risks, and jumping into a role that could change your life forever. And so I'm honored to be joined by Darcy Palmer Schultz. She is the CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Indiana. Darcy, welcome to the ROI podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you. You know, we we got to meet over the phone um, and have a great conversation. And I loved your story uh, because, you know, that fits kind of, you know, your personality, your, you know, your journey into becoming, um, you know, a top, top leader here, especially for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So walk us back, you know, let's, let's get to know you a little bit more, you know, talk about, um, you know, some of your personality and, and kind of start setting um, the scene for how you got into the role you're sitting in today. 
Yeah, so my uh, starting point with Big Brothers Big Sisters was actually fairly soon after college, and I was applying for jobs and just trying to get one. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, you know what? <laughs> with my political science degree, where am I gonna where am I gonna find my job? Um, and so Big Brothers Big Sisters ended up being after a couple of rounds of substitute teaching and other things. You know, my first real full time position after college where they they took me on um, in their fundraising department and I did a little bit of everything. Um, and I got to learn a lot, you know, by just being involved in a small team that had to handle a lot of different types of work. Um, and I really embraced that, you know, I really embraced the opportunity to, to touch a little bit of everything, you know, some event background, some grant writing, some database management, some marketing, I mean, whatever it was, um, I got a chance to play a part in it, and I really enjoyed enjoyed that opportunity. Um, and I think that a lot of what um, that really connected for me was just an interest in a variety of things, the ability to learn and grow and kind of tackle new pieces, um, and the chances to do things that I wasn't sure if I was going to be good at um, because I wanted to test myself in that way and see see what might come of it. And, you know, and that really carried me through other positions. So when I moved to Indianapolis, I was able to connect with Big Brothers Big Sisters here after living in Fort Wayne at first um, and working for that agency and doing, you know, similar work um, in fundraising, special event planning, marketing, um, and having a chance to touch multiple parts and kind of getting involved in things that maybe weren't in my job description because I was interested or um, wanted a chance to play a part in those or influence those things in some way. Um, and then over time, you know, was interested in maybe kind of flexing a new muscle and trying something new. So I talked with the then CEO about, you know, if there was, you know, another place for me within the organization, um, to try some new things, gain some new skills and maybe apply what I had learned so far, um, in another part of our work. And I'm very fortunate that at the time they they were able to find a spot for me that gave me that chance to grow and work alongside her um, and really get to know the board more fully, some external relationships um, and some internal leadership and planning with our with our team and with our staff. Um, and so, you know, that that really led me to then ultimately being in the spot that when when that CEO left the organization and moved on, um, I had a chance to maybe try another role and, and ended up becoming the CEO. You know, before you even stepped into that role, I mean, it's important that you had to know who you were. I mean, you had to know some of your personality. You had to understand what you could bring to the table, obviously, to see, okay, how, how can I be effective? You know, what am I going to do if I were to get this role? I mean, so many of us, we see ourselves in the role before we get it a lot of times, or we try to envision what it could be like. Um, you know, so in that process, before you even started taking some of those steps to move into the CEO um, role, how did you start taking some inventory to realize, you know, okay, I, you know, I am I am a lot more introverted than maybe even I thought, or I'm maybe less introverted than I thought. Um, you know, as you were building through that process, you know, how did you start taking inventory, and what were some of the things you discovered um, about yourself um, leading up to applying for that position or asking for that position? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things through the work that I had done that I always really enjoyed was, I say, you know, my sweet spot is being someone else's number two. Like, I think that's actually where my my natural 
know, being in grain versus against the grain kind of spot um, is in an organization. And I found that to be true in a lot of the work I did. You know, I didn't necessarily want to run the big meeting or present, you know, the project at the end of the day, but I did want to do the project and I wanted to put the pieces together and I wanted to get it ready for somebody else. So I feel like um, it became clear to me that that was really my comfort spot. And my comfort spot was doing a lot of work in increasingly um, complicated work, you know, or, or challenging work. Um, I never wanted to do just a lot of work that was the same over and over. I wanted to keep figuring out how to tackle new things or accomplish new goals or move things forward. Um, but I didn't necessarily need to be the voice or the face on it. Um, and in fact, probably enjoyed not being, you know, that person a lot of times. Um, and so I think really accepting that was something that was helpful to me in, in being in a spot where I could approach that opportunity in that moment authentically and have a real conversation um, with the board at the time about, you know, whether or not that was the right fit and what I did bring to the role that could be valuable. But, you know, really honestly, these are things that you might be looking for that that aren't really me. And so let's, let's make sure that we have a good, good understanding of that too. Um, but I think the thing that always worked to my you know, benefit, you know, in each of those moments was it wasn't a lack of willingness to do the things that weren't my comfort zone. It was just, you know, I, I don't need it. You know, so if someone else is in that spot and they can do it, great. Um, but if there's a moment where I can help the organization and the people involved in the organization by pushing myself into that, you know, space that isn't comfortable um, because I do want to have that influence and I do want to have um, that ability to shape something that I care about and something that I believe in. Um, then let's, let's take a look at what it looks like to do that in a way that really is real and authentic for me. Um, because trying to be somebody that I'm not that looks like the picture of who normally would step into that role is only going to set me up for disaster. And so I had to get over that pretty quickly. Um, and coming to terms and kind of understanding myself was really helpful walking in to make sure that I started from a place of just authentic, you know, knowing where my strengths are, but not shying away from the things that weren't my strengths, but just kind of giving myself realistic expectations for what it would look like to be successful at those. When you were looking at that CEO role, when it did become available, you know, talk about what they were looking for or what yeah. kind of um, they were asking or their kind of quote unquote ideal candidate was, um, and then how it contrasted with what, you know, you had or your skill set, um, you know, and then how did you, you know, find yourself or push yourself into getting into that role? You know, what did that look like and how did you make that, um, you know, transition? So I had, um, I was fortunate that when the previous CEO had departed, the board had asked me to step in as like a, an, off, an operating officer role in an interim fashion to really help just keep the operations running, you know, manage what needed to get managed internally while they prepared for an external search, um, to find you know the next CEO of the organization, so I was able to understand what the profile looked like for that position and what they had defined as 
key characteristics and um, experiences and um, background for that role. Um, And, you know, a lot of it really was focused on charisma and um, big network, um, leadership experience, I mean, all these things, you know, you would say make sense, you know, all things that make sense to look for in a CEO of an organization that has a big, you know, when you have a big fundraising responsibility as part of that job and you're trying to build awareness in the community and you lead a big team, um, those are all things that I would probably write down too. You know, if I was looking for the next CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, but those were all things that I had none of. <laughs> I mean, in my own like genuine, honest assessment of myself, I'm not a charismatic, big personality, big uh, external passion sort of person. Um, I had no formal supervisory experience. I mean, I'd led volunteer committees and staff and projects, but wasn't supervising anyone. Um, and, you know, while I had done a lot of fundraising, it was it was mostly event and corporate sponsorship fundraising or grant, you know, grant writing fundraising. And so some of the more relational parts of fundraising weren't, you know, weren't what I spent the, the most time doing in my experience with that. And so, you kind of look at those those things side by side, and I'm thinking, well, I'm not, I don't have those things. That's not me. And I didn't really have any bad feelings around that. That was just an honest assessment. Um, but I also knew that when, from the inside, the things that I observed and what made people successful in those leadership roles were, were in addition to some of those things sometimes, a number of other things. Um a real understanding of all of the moving parts inside Big Brothers Big Sisters because it's a pretty simple mission, but it's a pretty complicated um, program and operations to make it work so well and be so safe and be so impactful. And I, through the years, you know, had experience in most roles within the organization by the time this position opened up. Position opened up. Additionally. Um, you know, the ability to figure out how to get things done in different ways, which is, I think, a big part of where my, like, natural introversion meets the external facing side of my job. Um, It might not be big, huge, splashy things, but we work and build authentic kind of relationships through, you know, proving ourselves and having good results and um, being genuine that that we are able to move the needle on all those fronts, but just in a little bit of a different way. It might take a little bit longer, but we have something more substantive in the end. Um, and so I knew that, you know, I observed you know, some of those strengths that I could naturally bring where I maybe didn't have the natural ones that were on paper as the top priorities for that search. Um, but I also didn't, didn't seek out the position um, because I looked at it and I thought, I don't think that's me and that's okay. Um, I, like I said, I like being number two, it's kind of my sweet spot. So hopefully whoever they select, I could be, you know, in that spot to them. Um, but I think through what ended up happening is just through the work that we were doing in the interim and the proximity that I had in working with the board and the staff, there was both, um, encouragement from the staff to consider me in that position and, a decision on the board's part, um, especially one of the board members um, who was serving as the interim CEO to say, hey, I think we might want to take a different look at how we think about this. 
um, that then opened up a conversation to say, hey, maybe maybe it could be you. Maybe it should be you. Um, and then I had to get over my instinct to fight that recommendation. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> You know, because it's one thing to muster up the courage, especially when you look at the checklist and the qualifications and you, know, you see the person they're seeking after. We run it through our own filter. You know, we probably are qualified because you wouldn't be sitting here if you weren't qualified, you know, but in our own minds, we're like, well, I don't have this. I don't have this. And we almost just self-filter ourselves out or disqualify ourselves, even though we probably are qualified. We're just looking it through our own lens, you know, so that's one way. But then it's a total another way. Let's say if you do apply or maybe you don't apply and you don't think you want it, but you're getting approached to get into that role and you see the ball rolling. I mean, it's a whole nother thing of saying, man, do, do I really, like, should I really do this? I, I'm not qualified. Are you sure? Like, are you sure? And I think you've said it a couple of times. Like, you kept going to the board and saying, are you sure? Like, I'm the person. <laughs> like, I mean, you you know that this is who I am, yeah. right? And this is what you say you're looking for. I, I just want you to know that so we're not missing anything. Yeah. You know, but I think it's so true to us because we want genuinely, I think, to help our organizations. We want to step in a role, you know, where we can, push our organizations, our team to the next level. Um, you know, but we, we give ourselves more criticism, I think, than everyone else does, you know, so for you and and for others who maybe find themselves in a similar position, you know, whether they haven't applied and are just being approached, or maybe they're actually seeking out and applying and they're maybe seeing the ball rolling or they're on the fence of, do I even put the effort into, you know, giving all this information and going through the application process. Um, you know, how did you start pushing past some of your own fears or maybe your own insecurities? Um, you know, and what helped you um, kind of just say yes, you know, and, and, and take some of those steps forward? I mean, I think the biggest thing um, for me and that I would recommend is to be very honest and, and real about you know, what comes naturally and what's something you're going to work at. Um, Because I think that gives you the space then, you know, in moments where you might be feeling insecure to say, hey, this is something that I'm still working at. So, you know, I want some feedback on it or I need a little help to figure out the best best way to go about it um, without feeling like you're failing. Because I think what gets in the way a lot of times that I see when people do step into that next bigger position or thinking about it is the, the fear of what they, or the insecurity or what they know or think about themselves and the fear of failing in that way will almost um, create a, create, um, a push to come in more confident or more assertive or more I, I gotta I have to hide this so that no one figures it out you know I have to hide that I don't know everything so that people don't realize I don't know everything because then I'm a fake or then I'm gonna fail or then I'm not the person for this job um, and I think the thing that I really had to do was really be honest with myself and be fairly transparent with everyone I was working with to say hey, I think I can be you know, really good at this and I think I can do a lot for the organization and here's what I bring. But these are the things I'm going to have to work on because they're not my sweet spots. They're not the things that come naturally or that get me going in the morning and they're an important part of the job so I can't shy away from it. Um, but I think that gave me a little bit of freedom to not feel like I had to cover for it while I was trying to learn it. 
And I think that that's one of the things that can get in the way um, and almost become a, a bad self-fulfilling prophecy of um, you know, trying to fake it till you make it is kind of okay in moments, you know, in small moments. But when you're trying to fake who you are to make it, ooh, I don't know if I could, I don't think I could live up to that for very long. Um, and that, that I think was for me the biggest thing along with just the real knowledge and appetite to constantly learn and to really be open to that and solicit feedback. Um, even now, I mean, there's times where I don't, you know, for any of us, I don't like the feedback I get or I'm like, Ugh. I don't know if I agree with the feedback I get, but, but it helps me keep a fuller perspective on um, the work that we do because especially in work like this, you know, it's even if I think I have the perfect vision and know exactly what I want to do, it, it only happens if a whole bunch of other amazing people um, participate in it and bring their part to it. Um, and so having that feedback and understanding the different perspectives, even if we don't always agree, helps get us to the best spot possible um, and get us in a place where we can really fulfill something bigger together. You know, when you mentioned something really important is you, you said that you brought people in along with you, you know, while you're in this journey, you said, Hey, this is who I am. You had people that, you know, were able to keep you accountable, see your blind spots. Um, you know, and I think mentoring is a huge part, you know, of any journey, whether you are wanting to grow, um, and become a CEO role, or if you just want to overcome any of your insecurities or develop in any, um, personality traits, you may not feel qualified because it is going to set you up to be qualified, uh, for someone, something you're not, because, you know, we're going to find a job and we're going to say, Hey, I don't have this and this, but I do have this, you know, these skills. I'm going to go, well, you know, these are really important. And unfortunately we need someone that has this, um, you know, that's going to happen. And the only way to grow is to have someone along, you know, someone come alongside you to help you, you know, so how did you seek out and, um, invite, people to come in alongside you and have access um, to give you that feedback. You know, talk about how did you identify those people um, and and how did you um, lead some of those conversations so that they could come alongside you and make sure you were growing in the right ways, um, in the right spots uh, to be even more successful? Yeah, I think having um, mentors is, is the best word for it, you know, um, in my circle made all the difference in the world, especially in that um, piece of overcoming the fear of saying yes. You know, to have, I, I think everyone needs people around them that they admire in some way or um, feel they can learn from in some way or um, look up to in some way. because that, And they need those people who believe in them and see something in them. Um, and care about them enough to challenge them. And I think that's that piece sometimes isn't what you get. That last piece is probably the hardest piece to actually get in a mentoring relationship. Um, and maybe the true care, you know. I think there's a lot of people that we run into that, you know, we might have a, a fondness for or some, um, you know, some nice connection with. But to have someone who really you know, gets, gets to know you a little bit, understands you a little bit, cares for you, um, and then cares for you enough to kind of say, hey, this might be something you could work on. Like, let's talk about that. 
Um, I've had a lot of people naturally that I've been able to work with, many of whom have been board members here at Big Brothers Big Sisters or other colleagues in the Big Brothers Big Sisters network or other um, colleagues here at our own office that I've gotten to learn from because they do, you know, we have a connection where we care about each other enough to be honest with each other and push each other a little bit. And it comes from a place of knowing and trusting that you care about me. And that's why, you know, that's why we're having this conversation um, because you do want the best for me and you want me to succeed and you want me to grow. Um, and I think looking for those people and pulling them in and seeking that, that out is really, really important. I know I wouldn't be in this, in this spot if I hadn't, you know, had some of those connections develop, um, both purposefully, but organically, you know, over, over my career leading up to this point. And all of those have continued to sustain me, you know, through the, the bumps and the bruises along the way. Um, but I think sometimes we have people that we go to for advice, but the, um, but we need to really invite in some of that challenge in that advice, um, to make sure that, to make sure that we really are growing um, and not stagnating. And I think we have to kind of lean into that in moments um, when it hurts too. There's on the other side um, of all this, the other side of the coin, you know, from the very onset, you know, you said yes. And that was a big risk. It was a big, it pushed your comfort. Um, you felt probably super underqualified, you know, for the role and had, to, you know, all these things that, I'm sure we'll race through everyone's mind when we say yes, but there's also what, what if you said no, you know, there's, there's a huge risk in that too, in not taking the chance in not putting something out there and not just at least trying, even if it spectacularly blows up, you know, you never would have just known or learned, you know, so talk about what would you have lost or what if you would have said no, you know, what would you have missed out on um, now that you're able to sit here and, and, you know, look back on uh, what you've learned over these years? Yeah. And I think that's, that is one of the questions that I, if I'm honest with myself, I probably almost always need one of those mentors or caring people to help me remember to ask that question in my, in my thought process. And my first, one of my first bosses, who was the CEO of the Big Brothers Big Sisters Agency in Fort Wayne, and someone I still have a, a close relationship with, um, I remember she told me about when she became CEO there, I'm kind of feeling the same way about, am I ready for this? Am I the right person? Um, but ultimately, um, asking the question, but if not me, then who? Um and, and, if, and if I want to shape this, I want to give it my all and I want a chance to lead, you know, why not say yes and do the best I can? Um, you know, so long as I'm willing to put the effort into it and I have enough of what it takes in my mind, you know, to, to give it a good go. Um, because you don't know, you know, who else might step in. And that's a risk for any of us in any, in any position anywhere. You know, if you don't go for it, you do run the risk of someone else stepping in and, um, you know, you know, hopefully that's a positive thing and it brings all greatness that you can learn from and experience alongside somebody. But if you want a chance at it, it's hard, you know, you got to kind of go for it because you never know what that vision or what that, um, 
you know, that person's contribution might be. Um, and there are moments where that brings really good things. There are moments that that gets hard. Um, but that's been something that I know in different other parts of our um, work here at Big Brothers Big Sisters. I, I can think of other ones, even, you know, when we um, decided to launch a campaign and purchase and renovate a building, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, can we do this? Like, I'm that's scary. We've never had to raise that much money. We've never had to do something this big. Um, I'm, I'm a little scared. Like, I'm scared of failing. I, I don't want to fail because I don't want to let everybody down. I don't want to accidentally, you know, take us off course in some way. Um, and to have voices that say, I think we can do this together. Um, and I, and I believe in this, you know, helps you say yes in moments that, that you might otherwise your inclination is going to maybe work against you sometimes because it does look scary or hard and you don't want to let people down, um, or accidentally, um, fail along the way. You, you know, and as we, we begin to wrap up, um, talk about, you know, you said yes, so it's happening. The ball's rolling. You know, you you wrestled through all the insecurities and the fears, and you know who you are coming into the office. As you look back, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks in, how did you, how did you transition, or what did you then say? Okay, I'm in it. I've accepted it. You know, this is happening, and I do have a lot of work to do because I want to be successful. I want to bring what I have, but I also want to grow where I'm weak. Um, you know, so talk about. What did that transition look like? How did you work through um, even those doubts, insecurities, fears that because they follow you in, you know, even though you say yes and you get in the role, they don't just magically disappear day one because, you know, you're the CEO now. They come in with you. Um, how did you push through that and continue even today, you know, to, to push through a lot of those um, in your own decision-making process and even personally as you, as you look to grow uh, as a leader? Well, I think the first thing I would have to say is I actually have to give some of the credit for that to the people around me. I mean, I, I can't understate that I was very fortunate in that moment to have the support of our staff and our board um, in, in stepping into that unknown with not enough experience or know-how or charisma or whatever it was. Um, you know, I I had people who were excited for me, that wanted to work with me, that believed that we could do it together um, and thought it would be a good thing for all of us in the organization that we were here um, to serve. And so that was one thing. The other thing I would say more, more specifically, the board connected me with a professional executive coach um, right away, which was very, very helpful. Um, it was nothing I had had any experience with previously, but she really helped me um, to get a grip on my strengths and my natural um, organic sort of tendencies and some of the things I might need to work on and figure out how to do that and help me with that. Um, and I think that that experience, that kind of third party person that wasn't in our day to day, but could help me work for me was really, really helpful and something that helped me along. Um, and then beyond that, in my own part of it, I would say some of how I get, I got over my, you know, fears of doing media interviews or public speaking or whatever in the early part was just to over-prepare. I would over-prepare, work my tail off, so I felt like I at least knew everything. Um, and then the next part is just trying to relay it or get it out there um, in a way that was 
competent. I think that's the thing. I had to set my expectation for competent, not charismatic, <laughs> you know, and kind of figure out, like, I, I need to be able to do this competently, and hopefully a little bit of charisma will come over time. I don't know. I'm probably still going to work on that for the rest of my life. But, and then, and then trust that, you know, I, I knew our work. I loved our work. I cared so much about what we were doing that some of that would come across. Um, and I think, you know, just really rolling up my sleeves, preparing and working hard so that I felt like if, if nothing else, I knew I was giving it my all. Um, and then had the people around me, um, working with me, doing amazing work and helping me learn that I could, um, pick it up as, pick it up as I went. Again, Darcy Palmer Schultz. She's the CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters here of Central Indiana. It's such an honor. And thank you so much uh, for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.